It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. We are going to have a half hour of unadulterated discussions with Joe Concha, columnist at The Messenger and Fox contributor and the author of one of the great books of the new century. Come on, man. The truth about Biden's no good, horrible, very bad presidency. PM. Recently nominated to the Radio Hall of Fame. Recently the number two rated guy in all of the daytime radio across the country. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Season, season's greetings to you. Uh... Here's a headline. Let's talk about this one. Start. It's a good place to start. So Joe Biden is now begging the president of Mexico, Obrador, to stop, to stop 10,000 per day coming in, illegals coming in. He can't get anything through uh, Congress because he's afraid to buck the left wing of his party. And now I'll start with Joe Concha. He's begging Obrador, President Obrador, uh, to help him out. I mean, I think this is about as pathetic as can be from a pathetic president. He can't get it done here. He won't take steps like Trump took to remain in Mexico, close the border, build the wall, etc. So now he's on bended knee to Obrador. What do you make of that, Joe Concha? Apparently, rock bottom has a basement, Larry, and <laughs> we're at this point, right? I'm looking at polls with Joe Biden, 33% approval, 34% approval. You know, Nixon, if you look at December of 1973, and that was just a couple of months before he resigned, that was about where he was at. So this is what we're seeing at this point. And to your point, it just looks so weak and pathetic. And it's why perhaps Ukraine invaded Russia uh, when they didn't the previous four years. It's why China is so now aggressive in eyeing up Taiwan. It's why North Korea is starting nuclear testing once again. It's why the Taliban took back Afghanistan the time it takes to deliver a pizza. It's why the Houthis in Iran are so emboldened. I could go on, but you look at every aspect of this presidency, inflation, crime, the border, education, foreign policy, there is not one thing you could point to and say, but at least he's doing that well. And that's why there's such a panic now in the Democratic Party where they're trying to take out their likely opponent who is now leading uh, in swing states quite easily. And that's Donald Trump, of course. And the only way they know they could beat him is not the ballot box, but through a weaponized justice system. You know, Mark Simone, all those reasons that Joe just reeled off, very important, is why I have come up with this phrase, Trump tough. I mean, I think Americans want a tough president. They're tired of watching Joe Biden wuss out and get pushed around. I mean, I think the phrase was originally uh, Ford tough or build Ford tough or something like that, talking about the F-150 truck. But, I mean, people want a strong man in the White House, Mark. Well, what we're doing is we're recreating the 1980 election where it was Jimmy Carter, who people wanted to like, but he had displayed so much weakness, crashing helicopters in Iran, bungled up military operation, was terrible at trying to get our hostages out. He was weak everywhere. 
And people wanted tough strength, a leader. And that's where nothing helped Reagan more than that. And you're, you're setting it up here. Same exact thing. Uh, Biden, Afghanistan, that's just like uh, Iran and Jimmy Carter. Mm. He's weak with everybody begging Mexico. He's just begging now. And people know that Trump's tough. He proved it in office. And just in case anybody forgot, the Biden administration is helping him out with that image by indicting him, arresting him, indicting him, arresting him. And he gets to show how tough he really is. And people realize this guy protects himself and he'll protect us, too. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Uh, I look at it from the standpoint of issues. But actually, the legal weaponization that the Bidens are doing, and Biden's pulling the strings on this, Biden's calling the shots for all these special prosecutors and so forth. The fact that Trump can hold up and stand up to that and still be way ahead in the polls is a remarkable thing. So you're right, that's that's an interesting uh, sidelight. By the way, uh, what do you guys make of this um, Supreme Court decision, Joe? Uh, no fast track for Jack Smith. They're going to have the Supreme says, nah, go to the district uh, appeals court first and then come back to us. And I think what that is suggesting is the voters are going to make a call in November about all these legal cases and all the rest of it. You're not going to be able to somehow use a two-tier justice uh, system, Joe. I mean, I, I think this Supreme Court decision is very important. came out last night. Oh, gee, not, not, not that. You're saying the voters will decide? The American people will decide who the next president is? Right. The, the very people on TV, on other networks uh, besides Fox and at the New York Times and online who are all screaming that we have to defeat Donald Trump to save democracy, they're trying to do so by crushing democracy, by taking the vote away from the person. And we see it in Colorado, uh, like, like we saw earlier this week, as far as that Democratic Supreme Court there, seven Democrats, four of them voting to take Donald Trump off the ballot. Now we're going to see the boomerang effect because the Supreme Court's going to reverse that. And now with Jack Smith, speaking of pizza deliveries, who wants to, hey, screw due process. we got to get this done as quickly as possible. And that's just not how it works. And it's just great to see Trump getting victory after victory. And it's not because I'm saying this because I'd like to see Donald Trump because I think he's the better person to run this country in November. It's because that's just the rule of law, and that's what democracy is, allowing people to decide who is in office and who is not, and not the courts, Larry. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're 100% right. I mean, you know, Mark, um, this whole legal assault during 2023 has just failed. I mean, at least if the polls are any indication, I know polls are not votes, but you look back at the whole year, 2023, it's been a fabulous year for Trump, and it's been a terrible year for Biden. Now, I'm going to get to DeSantis and the rest of it in a minute, but just look at that. Everything they've done, Mark, has failed. I mean, the legal assault on Trump, you know, put him in jail for 750 years or whatever, it's just completely failed. Well, and it's all preposterous. You know, if you needed a special counsel, there's 1,200 guys in Washington, D.C., who usually would be perfect. They went halfway around the world to bring back this ruthless lunatic uh, from The Hague mm. who's got a history of political prosecutions, five of them. And in all five cases, uh, higher courts overturned everything he did. That'll happen here. And, and people see how preposterous this is. You know, uh, Al Capone had like three charges against him. Donald Trump, they have 91 charges <laughs> against him. It, it, even the Rudy Giuliani thing, even if there was some defamation, 
People know it's not $148 million. How could two minor, minor government workers have $148 million in damages? It's, people are starting to realize how silly this is. And even when they keep calling it an insurrection, January 6th was ugly and horrible, but it, it was just the world's worst trespassing incident. It was just disorderly <laughs> conduct, <laughs> trespassing. And we, we have this every day at the border. We have a January 6th every day at the border. So, I, And I think that bothers people more than that one day at the Capitol. By the way, on the border story, you know, coming back to that with Obrador. So Mexico didn't want to help uh, Trump on the border. So Trump says, okay, fine. Uh, I'm going to double or triple uh, the tariff on all your automobiles. The United States is the biggest market for them. And all your manufacturing. This just said that. And he had the power to do it. He could have run a 301. I won't get into the details, but... Uh, he had the power, the executive power to do that. And then, Mark, all of a sudden, Mexico came around. I think they came up with about 35,000 troops or maybe 50,000 troops to stop uh, the uh, movement across the border of the illegals. So, that, in fact, they had to remain in Mexico. Now, Trump just, would, you know, that was Trump. That was Trump the negotiator. That was t- Trump tough. That was Trump. I mean, this is the contrast between what he did and what Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going on bended knee. I haven't heard. What's the threat to Mexico? Why should Mexico help him? There's no reason to. Trump was two things. He was, I mean, not ruthless, but brutally tough when he had to be, when it was called for. But he was also a brilliant negotiator. He is a brilliant negotiator. And he, he can look at anybody, see the strength, the weakness, what their vulnerability is. He figures out leverage. in every, Even when you think there's no leverage, he'll figure out something. And that's one of the secrets of his negotiating. You can't just go beg. You've got to figure out some leverage over them. And if it's not there, create it like Trump has been able to. You know, Biden is Biden is actually financing Russia's invasion by raising the price of uh, oil so high. Yes. It's pouring extra money into Russia. It's totally uh, financing everything in Iran. So just just that one act of threatening to cut the price of oil, start drilling, that might be enough to, to get some leverage. Yeah, if oil were 40 instead of 80 or 100, it would be a different ballgame. And then, by the way, Biden doesn't even complain to China. I was just talking to John Bolton, who I think is a very smart guy. Uh, China's financing those wars by buying oil from Russia and uh, Iran. And um, Joe Biden never says a word about that. Joe Concha, uh, I know you're with the messenger and not the Hill, but there's a big story in the Hill this morning about how Nikki Haley is making her move in New Hampshire. Now, there's some poll they're referring to. The American Research Group poll has Haley uh, down by four points in New Hampshire. There's another poll, however, where Trump is plus 30. So I looked at the real clear politics average in New Hampshire, and it's really Trump 46, Haley 25. So Trump is actually plus 21. Is Haley making a move, Joe Concha? I know you don't work for the Hill anymore, but, you know, you did once upon a time. I did, and, and we left on great terms, and I love everybody over there. So no no no, uh, no hard feelings when it comes to the Hill. And, yes, I am with the messenger now, and I actually wrote a column about this this week as far as Haley's momentum and her path to the nomination. Now, I could hear Mark rolling his eyes at this point, so I, I know exactly what's going on over there. Simone. No problem. I'm not saying that she has 
a great chance to win or even a good chance. I'm saying the only scenario where I see Trump not winning the nomination is if Haley somehow can take New Hampshire. All right. Now, I don't believe she's only down four points either. I, just, I think 30 is a bit of a stretch. Probably the real clear politics average around 15, 20. That makes the most sense. CBS had a poll out where she was down 15. I could see that. You know, Sununu uh, gave her an endorsement up there. But let's say she somehow can take New Hampshire. The only way she can do that is if Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie drop out of the race after Iowa, uh, particularly DeSantis, if he gets blown out, because I think that most of the votes that go to Christie and DeSantis probably go to Haley because there's an anti-Trump element within the GOP. It's not a large one. It's only 10, 11 percent for each of those guys in New Hampshire. But if that kind of support can go mostly over to Haley, then she's got a puncher's chance to win there. And then if she could get to South Carolina, her home state, perhaps she has a chance but again, it, the problem these folks keep running into is the fact that every interview that Haley does and DeSantis does, and I think they both run sound campaigns. They haven't been great or spectacular campaigns, but they haven't had major gaps. And for the most part, they've been good campaigns. But half the questions are about Donald Trump. And when you can't define yourself, and you constantly have to talk about the other guy. It's hard to truly make inroads. So that's a of good all point. The people left, that's a you. really important point. But no one really knows. I mean, I. I they don't know why they're running for president. It's just except that they want to beat Trump. That's a really important uh, point. And, yeah, and, I think they draw a great contrast with Biden. That's not hard to do. They they will be tough on the border, and they will cut yes. taxes, and they will do all these things. But, again, they can't define it, though, and they can't hammer that home because they're talking about Trump. So I'll, just to finish the point before, 2020, Joe Biden only won. Remember, he got blown out in Iowa. He got blown out in New Hampshire. Right. Mm. Fifth place, sixth place. Mm. And then suddenly, for whatever reason, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren all backed out to make it a binary choice between Sanders and Biden. And then you're not going to vote for the old Democratic Socialist. So Biden even wins that. The only way Haley has a chance if it's one on one with Trump. And then perhaps she's within striking distance to the point where Trump may actually even have to debate her. Mm. But again, that is a long shot scenario because I can't see Christy or DeSantis dropping out before New Hampshire. All right, Mark, I'm, I got a break. Uh, Kevin Drosh is yelling at me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you equal time. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. I'm going to give you equal time. I, I will say before the break, uh, some news this morning on Real Clear Politics. DeSantis's Super PAC has pulled all their ads in both Iowa and New Hampshire. They've taken, he's taken all his ads down. So in effect, he's dropping out of the race. So I find that quite interesting. Anyway, uh, we got two of my favorite people in the world. Joe Concha, the messenger columnist. He's a Fox News contributor. His book has come on, Man, the Truth About Biden's Presidency. And Mark Simone, radio host, 710WOR, weekdays from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. 
This is 77 WABC Newsroom Extra. It's the holiday season, and with it comes the confusing task of tipping. Like, what do you tip the mail carrier? And we just get such good service, and we really like the people who are sanitation workers and the mail carrier. Now, U.S. mail carriers are banned from accepting cash or gift cards, so a non-cash gift is best. For a babysitter who helps you part-time on a regular basis, two days' pay is considered appropriate. For a housekeeper, a week's pay is nice if you can manage it. As far as tipping doormen, guidelines range from at least $25 each in a larger building where you have several doormen to $150. If it's a smaller building and you have a very personal relationship with those doormen, you know, feel free to be more generous within your means. And sanitation workers appreciate a little extra around the holidays. Street Easy suggests between $20 and $30 each. But bottom line, tipping is a personal decision. And it's a gesture of your gratitude, so it should always be something, an amount that you're comfortable with. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. Back to the Larry Gudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We're talking politics with Mark Simone, great radio host, 710 WOR, weekdays, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. It's actually 12 noon. I'll call it 12 p.m. Joe Concha, columnist at The Messenger and Fox News contributor. Mark Simone, uh, Donald Trump is up 35 points in Iowa. Seems to me those numbers, I mean, it's only three weeks away. If he romps in Iowa, he has he has momentum going into New Hampshire. So what do you think about this Nikki Haley stuff? I mean, you know, what do you think, Mark? I, everybody has to give up on Nikki Haley. And New Hampshire is not a barometer of anything. It's an open state. Anybody and everybody can vote there. And they will. All the anti-Trump forces from every side of the aisle will come in. Uh, so she may have a little bump in New Hampshire, but it's it's not going to mean anything. Uh, as soon as she gets to South Carolina, she's got to drop out of the race because Trump's got a massive lead in South Carolina. Losing her home state would be too humiliating. She'll she'll have to get out before that. And the same thing with DeSantis. Trump has a massive lead in Florida. DeSantis has mm-hmm. to drop out before Florida. Uh, Nikki DeSantis is a horrible campaigner. He's just not a great candidate. And she can't even pull ahead of him. She's still basically neck and neck with him. She's had three debates. People got a good look at her, and she hasn't taken off. So she she never will. You think she could win New Hampshire? Uh, no, but she might, uh, instead of 25 points behind, might be 11 points behind. But it, it doesn't mean anything. New Hampshire is going to be the outlier. How much does Iowa mean, Mark? Uh, it doesn't mean much because many many people win Iowa and go no place. Rick Santorum, uh, mm-hmm. Mike Huckabee. But uh, DeSantis put everything into Iowa. That was where he was going to make his stand, and he's failed. So it's really time for him to get out of the race. Joe, let me just look at last minute or two. Uh, the, the national race, uh, Trump is ahead in real clear politics, but only only two points. Uh, I mean, the economy is doing better. Let me just put that in there. Does that um, what how does that affect the race right now? Well, it would have to consistently do better. And I think the fact that people still are working multiple jobs in order to make yeah. ends meet, I, you know, and, and that's that's the thing, that the cost of everything. This will be the most expensive Christmas uh, on record, right? Thanksgiving was the most expensive Thanksgiving on record. So until people truly feel these uh, mm. improvements yeah. the economy, I, I don't think it really matters all that much. The, the perception's yeah. there. People don't vote for GDP. They vote for their no. real wages. And you're right, they vote for affordability. I think that's the uh, missing link. Anyway, gentlemen, thank you ever so much. 
Merry Christmas, Joe Concha and Mark Simone. Folks, I'm Cudlow. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we've got Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, talk about the Supreme Court decision and impeachment. 